Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome once again to another episode of NerdPod Generations. This is episode 21. We did miss a week because, well, life. Life. But we are back. We are back. And I am Steve Taylor along with... I'm Al Judson. Hello, friends and enemies. Hi, buddy. How's it going? I missed this last week. I know, I know. It really did. Last week just got crazy. It was really crazy. It was a crazy week. Like, I went to D&D, and everybody was like, was your week crazy? Because my week was crazy. Like, everybody had a crazy no, week last crazy week. week. It was a crazy week. Yeah. But, you know, we luckily picked some topics that translate to pretty much any week. Yeah. The what if, for those of you who don't know, uh, what we're doing this week is we're going to do a quick discussion about what if episode two, and then we're going to do a deep dive into the DC animated universe, which... We are massive fans of, oh, yeah. which I'm this is gonna be fun. doing a little spoiler on that. I've been in the uh, bunker, the DC bunker, uh, going through all the files. Oh, nice. And, uh, man, I've watched a lot of animated movies in the last week. And they're so good. Oh, they're so good. Okay, we'll get into that. We'll yeah, get into that. Yeah. All right, so first off, folks, um, NerdPod Generations, we are the premium uh, podcast when it comes to anything nerd, nerd-centric, pop culture, you name it. Uh, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, miscellaneous other sites. We have, like I said, this is episode 21. Yeah. There are 20 pure gold episodes you need to go back and listen to. You've got almost a day's worth of content yeah. waiting there. Yeah. I mean, listen to do our voices, too. It's like yeah. silk. Come on. I mean, why wouldn't you yeah. want to? Just put it on while you're falling asleep or something. No. <laughs> Not when you're waking up. You need our energy to get you up. We're like a cup of coffee, baby. Get you going. I'm moving too much from side to side. I got yelled at by the producer before the episode. I got to stop moving. I got to focus on the mic because I don't edit these anymore. And I kind of take that as a positive because editing is not my favorite thing in the world. <laughs> Mr. Ale has taken over the duties and I will have to listen to my producer because yeah, I don't so want to fuck it up. Forward all complaints to me. You can find me at JudsonStudios.work under the Bronx Division tab. Come complain right to my face, yes. and I'll tell you why I don't care, because I am not an editor. I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I am. I have that moment every time I sit down where I'm like, where do you get all these files of music, everybody on the internet? Don't let Professor Berger hear that you're not an editor. <laughs> all those times we were stuck in those dark, oh my stingy God. little rooms oh my trying God. to edit the crappy films that we oh made. Oh, my God. The Kevinator, that took forever. Uh, the Kevinator was the one fun one. I don't know. I do like the the gumball machine or not the, the oh the the um not loose change. Yeah, that was was it was it loose change? I think it was loose change. Yeah, where we had the dancing gopher. Yeah, yeah, and, oh yeah. Oh my god, that was that curated. was a train wreck. That was a wonderful train wreck because yes. I loved the look of the faces of the people in the class. Like, what the hell is this? Well, we turned around and we were so proud of ourselves. We were like, huh, huh, great, right? And everybody was like, what? The fuck? It was a fever dream. Yeah. But it was great, and we got such a good grade because everyone else did the lamest things you could imagine. Yeah. And our group decided, what was the, what was the, we had to make a video on how to use a vending machine? Yes. I think that's what yes. it was. And everyone did like these quirky little weird, we did one that was completely batshit crazy, and none of us were doing drugs at that moment. No. Which was insanely crazy. No, I wasn't even drinking at that time. No, you were still... I barely got you to say fuck. Yeah. Um, I was a wee And babe. it was... Let's just say, folks, it had a friend of ours dressed as a superhero running to a tree where we had a dancing gopher that he talked to. And it did a little giggle after. It was yeah. pure genius. Well, it was, it was the gopher from Caddyshack. From Caddyshack. And then we had a character from another movie that we had done separately for the class make an appearance afterwards doing the, this is not a dream, this is reality oh kind of God, thing. Oh my God, I forgot about that. And like, we had a zombie who was trying to figure out how to use vending machine. It was crazy. It was Looney Tunes. It was bonkers crazy. Yeah. I loved it. Yeah. I loved it. That's still <laughs> one of my favorite things I've ever done. All right. So, I. Uh, Real quick, brief rundown. What have we been watching, playing, reading over the last week and a half? I got a fun one for you. I'm ready. Before I went into the bunker for DC, I did one of my favorite summer traditions, and I watched uh, Die Hard with a Vengeance. Nice. I, there's every year while I was living in New York City, <clears throat> when the summer rolled around and it got hot, nasty hot, mm -hmm. 
I would put that on, and there was just something immersive about that. And now I know the city better than the first few times I watched it. So, like, when they're talking about the various destinations they need to go to, I'm like, oh, yeah, no, I, the sawbrit, the sawmill, yeah, I know how to get, yeah, no, no, I, yeah, yeah, I got you, I figure, I know what you're doing. Um, man, I love that movie. I get a lot of crap because I say that's my favorite Die Hard. I, it's really good. It's really good. I like it so much more than 2. I don't watch 2. I barely acknowledge 2's existence. 2's great just because it has unbelievable amounts of swearing in it. Yeah. And that's entertaining to just watch. Just to see how many swear words they say. It's really um, unbelievable how much they swear. In that I just remember being like this solid rehash of the first one. Yeah. Without any of the character or charm of the first one. And yeah. I was just like, meh. And then Die Hard with a Vengeance comes out and you're just like, oh, no, no, no. Oh, no. We have a bigger. We have more. We can do more. Oh, man, I love Sam Jackson so in that. He's so good. It was so good. Everybody's so and good. And he has one of my favorite lines that a lot of people don't catch when they stop the kids from stealing candy. Mm-hmm. And he's like, look, there's no police. It's it's like Christmas. And then they steal their bikes and the kids scream. Yeah. And he turns around, yeah, it's Christmas. <laughs> I laugh so hard. And so many people I know that don't catch that line. Yeah. I'm like, that's brilliance. Yeah. Brilliance in uh, writing right there. It's so good yeah. it's so fucking good i yeah. love that movie so and much and i remember I'll, I'll never forget that movie because i saw it in the theater 1995 when i was at driving school for the marines in jacksonville north carolina in this dingy little movie theater wow and i'll never forget it because of that because it was that it came out the year after pulp fiction yeah and that's where the pulp fiction references and just having sam jackson and bruce willis in a movie together yeah. again um, such a great movie. Like having having them try to figure out how to get in contact with people because they're on they're driving from one place to another and they can't use the police radios. Yeah. And like, there's so many elements of it that are so cool. Driving through Central Park, ah, so good. Are you um, trying to hit everybody? No, no, maybe. maybe. I'm <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Oh, it's just, it really is great. And by the end of it, you're cheering for even the, the police officers on the unit who you aren't with John McClane and are yeah. barely doing anything. They're resolving a threat, basically. Yeah. And, oh, man. And that's the only I, – I would have to say that might be my only gripe is this, the second ending of that movie. Yeah. Didn't really fit with the movie. No, I, I agree. It, it feels tacked on. It was more like on. Die Hard 2 type feeling. Yeah, to it, it yeah. felt very tacked on. I think so, yeah. And it was just like, oh, did you guys get some notes and you had to go back and change the ending? Because this doesn't feel like the ending that you wanted to yeah, finish no. on. Even though the it, it flows seamlessly in the story, but it just doesn't feel natural in terms of the filmmaking and the, the approach to it. It just yeah. feels like, oh, we needed to kind of come up with a better ending, so we kind of shit out this thing about going to Canada. Like, it would have been nice if they got away. The bad guys It would have been interesting. It would have been, been fascinating. An ending. Yeah. Because then you would have said, like, oh, well, we tried our best. Yeah. Bad guys won. Or even, like, a, like a six months later, and John McClane has begrudgingly been working with the FBI mm. and making fun of them the entire time, and they're just so excited to not have him be part of their team anymore, mm-hmm. and they finally track down where Gruber's gone, and, like, just something. Give me something. Yeah. But I, this this was fine. It's solidly fine. Yeah. It's not bad. But after everything that happens, you're kind of like, eh. Yeah. So I agree with you on that one. It, it's kind of, it's not a letdown. It's just kind it's of a, a great movie. it just kind of like peters out a little bit. Peter. Eh. Peter. I knew as soon as I thought it, I was like, he's going to, he's going to take it. He's going to take it. Um, all right. So real quick for me, uh, I played five minutes of Madden 2022 and it still sucks full cock that game is terrible do not buy it stop giving money to ea for that awful atrocity have they changed anything no it's the exact same exact same and it's awful yeah um i watched i was telling you about this i watched freaky which uh for those of you who don't know is a vince vaughn movie where he plays a serial killer and it's one of those swap bodies like freaky friday hence the name um but then he swaps with a 16 or 17 year old blonde uh high school student who she becomes the serial killer then, and he becomes the 17-year-old blonde, and it's actually very funny and very enjoyable. And the big thing for me, not getting into DC, 
I was very excited to hear the Hollywood Reporter confirmed that Anthony Mackie is going to play Captain America yes, in Cap 4. Yes, he is. That was the best news I heard all week. That was great. I'm excited to see what they I do. I can't wait. Because you know they're going to have to have Bucky in it, too. Yeah. They have to. They have to. They're connected now. He, he's the sidekick. He's yes. Captain America's eternal sidekick. No matter who's carrying the shield, Yes. Bucky's the sidekick. I can't wait. I'm excited. I'm excited to see what they do. I really can't wait. I'm excited to see where they go, how they pick up after uh, Falcon Winter Soldier and everything that that brought to the table. Yeah. Like, it's so crazy to me that if you had asked me, like, May, June last year, mm-hmm. if I was excited about anything Marvel had left, I'd be like, <laughs> passively, mm-hmm. kind of, eh, I don't know. I'm kind of I'm kind of out of it. And now, like, a year later, no, I'm in. Yeah. I'm in for Phase 4. Whatever you're doing, four, I'm four. in. And I the didn't reviews think so, I've but... heard for Shang-Chi already say that it's just, like, the best action scenes in any Marvel movie. Yeah. And it doesn't play like most Marvel movies. What did, what did one person say that? And, and maybe next week, folks, we might have a review for that next week. We're still trying to decide on how we're going to get to see the movie. Yeah. Um, but they said that uh, Aquafina, who's, like, the comic relief, during the dramatic scenes when they were like, oh, great, here comes the comic relief, they don't have jokes. It's like, oh, they're letting the dramatic scenes play out without having to put in a crappy little line. We're going to talk about this later with What If, because yeah. this was one of my notes. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, oh, okay. I like that. Yeah. All right. I'm digging um, it. So to kind of play off of that, uh, we got to talk about, I, I call it now Spider-Man Far Away From Home. I call it uh, Spider-Man Home's Last Day. Home's Last Day. Nice. The new trailer's out. It yes. got leaked early. And then they just officially put it. You know that they were kind of forced to put it out. I don't know if they oh, yeah. were necessarily ready or not. They were saying they were going to release it this week, but yeah, they had to just dump it. They had to dump it. Which, like, it, it was the very next day, so it's like, okay. We were getting to the point where I was seeing comic book news places resorting to fan-made trailers yeah. to be like, we got to cover the Spider-Man trailer somehow. Why isn't it here let? Yeah. Give me a Spider-Man trailer. And I was like, you guys, chill. Just take your time. <laughs> it's, but this it's is what pisses fine. me off. They took less time, like, there's less time between the trailer and this movie coming out than there was between the last Spider-Man after Infinity War. Yeah. Before Endgame comes out. It's like, and they ruined there Endgame. you go. You didn't, need to, yeah. you didn't need to do it. This is proof right yeah. here. Um, oh, so man. I'm going to give you my take on the trailer first because I want to give the whole stage to you. I was very excited to see Alfred Molina. Yes. At the end. Yes. And I thought they did a very good job so far by the quick look of it for the de-aging. It looked well done. Why would they de-age him? Because as of what I heard, is it supposed to be like a direct continuation. He dies in the river. I know, but it's, as I'm just telling you what I heard. I don't know if it's true or not, but it's supposed to be him coming back from like that timeline. Yeah. And... I thought he looked great, and I'm very excited to see Alfred Molina. Just to hear his voice and to see him as Doc Ock automatically is a big win. I thought that trailer was a disjointed mess. I'm watching it like, what the... Like, it was just too all over the place. Like, that would have been a great third trailer. Like, final trailer before the movie. To me, the trailers that are the most successful for a first trailer are the ones that are more... Like the Ghostbuster Afterlife. The very first trailer was just giving you a basic rundown of the story. showed you a couple quick glimpses of sci- you know, the ghosts and stuff to make you get excited. But it was like a small taste. Mm-hmm. This one was like the editor just vomited everything onto the screen. And said, this is all that's going to happen in this movie. And I'm watching it like, oh, I can't even focus on what the fuck is going on right now. Yeah. And, you know, I... I just, I'm curious, and of course I'm going to see it because it's part of the MCU and it's got, I love Doctor Strange and, you know, seeing Alfred Molina and back in it and uh, seeing the Green Goblin's ball so you know Defoe's going to be back in it. Green Goblin's And we ball. already know that um, Jamie Foxx as Electro is going to be back in it. So you're going to have all these characters coming back. Um, so I want to see it for that, but this trailer, if I was on the fence and I saw this trailer, I would not push me over the fence. All right. So if you tell me you liked it, 
I didn't like it. I I'm so I'm at this point yes. with the Spider-Man franchise as it stands currently. The 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 homes, whatever you want to call it, the Spider-Man home. Mm-hmm. I don't like them. I like the second half, maybe even last third, you might even call it, depending on where you cut it, of uh, Far From Home. But I still call it Far From Homecoming because yeah. I don't take it 100% seriously. Mm-hmm. So I see this trailer and I say, okay, all right, okay, I see what you're doing. And there are elements here that I can very much get behind. Mm-hmm. If you were going to do an adaptation of a story, Last Day is a great story to do this for. Mm-hmm. The whole concept of Peter trying to cover up his identity after it being revealed. I saw that and I was like, okay, mm-hmm. all right, this, 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 this is good. This is a good starting point. I have no faith in you to carry out this starting point, but this is a good starting point. From there, I was just like, well, so here's the thing. Even if I like this movie, I'm still going to be frustrated with everything that brought us to this point. So best case scenario, this is just like a good way to cap off this series of films because it's it's like and four see, movies now that and but what it looks like to me and what i appreciate and i thought you'd appreciate about this is it almost doesn't look like a spider-man movie it looks like a prologue for the next series of marvel movies i i mean with the multiverse i would hope so that's what it looks like i i have so i'm i'm gonna let them play it out yeah i there are things I like a lot here when he calls him Steven and there's this kind of like pause and he's like, okay. I was like, yes. All right. We're getting there. Yeah. We're getting there. We're closer. We're closer. We're closer. And what's important is that we're closer. Yes. Whether it's a full great handoff is whatever, but we're closer. Yeah. And, uh, I, I keep on coming back to the same problems. Why isn't Peter independent? Why isn't Peter having to stand for his own choices and his own decisions. Mm. Why does he get bailed out of everything? Why is he such a child? Why is he such a child? Like, Mm. even in the comics when he's a child, it's... It doesn't feel like this. Mm. This feels like... Kind of like, blah, blah, I'm being knowingly stupid. Mm -hmm. And I know the answer, but I'm not going to give it to you. Uh, and it's, it's it's so irritating. Everything about this character's world has been so irritating to me. There's like I was trying to figure out: is there anything they could do in this movie that would heal the deep, hard wounds from Homecoming? And I was like, there's two things. One, Emma Stone shows up as Gwen Stacy as Spider Gwen from a different universe. Mm-hmm sister universe two an actual mary jane watson walks into this movie (laughs) from another universe barring those things no there there's nothing that's gonna forgive ned leeds and just how criminal Mm -hmm. that is for anybody who doesn't know ned leeds is a straight up theft Mm -hmm. of miles morales's sidekick Genki Lee, straight up, when he finds out that Miles is Spider-Man, he is holding a Lego Death Star that he drops. I mean, straight up Mm -hmm. stolen Mm -hmm. for no reason. And, you know, so there's that. Why is Happy Hogan in these movies? Why isn't that uh, Robbie Robertson? Why isn't that... Miles Warren, why isn't that someone who fucking matters to this story? And we still see it. Mm-hmm. We still see it over and over again. Because they're going to connect him to Aunt May as the comic relief. That's stupid of the movie. shit. That's stupid that's shit that we do. don't need. I guarantee need. that's what they're going to do. That's stupid shit that we don't yeah. need, and it's been pissing me off since Homecoming. Mm-hmm. Oh, we're gonna we're gonna bring in Aunt May. Oh, cool, cool, cool. What are you gonna do to make her interesting? Oh, we're gonna make her younger, like a lot younger. Oh, cool. So she's going to be like the younger revolutionary kind of Aunt May who goes out and fights for things and Which takes care of the homeless. Is, isn't that what they did 
the previous Spider-Man movies with they de-aged her for the for the, the last one. For the last, they they dropped the her down from Rosemary Harris to Sally Fields. Sally Fields. They dropped like twenty years off her yeah. life at that point, and then they dropped like another twenty to bring yeah. her down to Marissa Tomei, which I don't mind if you were going to do anything with it, but you don't. You turn it into this joke where it's just about everybody staring at Aunt May's hey, ass. Is it? Me or in any of the first two movies, do they even mention Uncle Ben? No, they don't. In fact, mention Uncle Ben. They don't mention him. Once. They don't bring it up. Oh, also, Steve, because I'm a sociopath and I checked, she's not wearing a wedding ring at any point in the movie. So the implication is she may Riley. I don't know. She could be, and that would be cool. That would be a choice. But we don't make that choice because we can't make choices in this series yeah. because it has to be just sanitized garbage that people think is great. Anyway, I think the third one is interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I'm intrigued no, to see where they go. Because, like, to me, you can't have Batman without his parents getting killed. Yeah. Well, and you I... can't have Spider-Man without Uncle Ben. No, it's And you can't have the character without... Mentioning. Well, so this is the thing, is that not only did they skip it, they decided to make Tony Stark his Uncle Ben, which just makes me want to rip my eyes out. It's so stupid. The entire yeah. point of Spider-Man is that he's independent. All right. Yes. He was not part of these team-ups. He was not. He got rejected from the Avengers when he was first considered as a candidate. Okay? Like... The, <laughs> He should not be tied mortally. I wish mortally. this was a video podcast right now, folks. The animation on the other side of this table is brilliant. He should not be mortally tied to characters the way that he is. Yes. Where it's just like, well, we don't think Spider-Man could carry off his own movie. Oh, really? Because I'm pretty sure. Call me crazy. We had five before that showed that he kind of really could. And also, he's literally the most popular character Marvel has yes. in the world. Yes. Okay. But no, maybe he can't carry it. So if we get rid of these kinds of bullshit garbage things, where it's about Peter standing on his own, having to stand for his own decisions, mm -hmm. I don't think, I think the J. Jonah Jameson stuff is going to be less than 20 minutes. I think Charlie Cox is going to be in one scene. I think Dr. Rock is going to be in two scenes. I think Green Goblin is going to be in two scenes. And God help us, they will update his costume. Please, please God. They have got. Please God. They've got to. Please God. If you're going to bring back Defoe... There's, that is Please. still, in my opinion, the worst decision in any superhero movie. It hurts when you see the good one. Have you seen the good costume? No. So they had a good costume, which was a rubber mask that held tight to Willem Dafoe's face, had big yellow eyes, and had kind of like this purple stalk in the back. Yeah. And they did a full video test of it. They had a guy wearing it. They showed how the mouth works and everything. And they showed it to the producers, and they were like, that's too scary for kids. Oh, my God. To which we introduce Power Ranger Green Goblin. That was the worst. That made me so mad when I saw that movie. Because I do love the first Spider-Man movie, uh, the Sam Raimi one. But when I saw that Green Goblin, just because I was the biggest Spider-Man fan growing up also, it's like you have a character who has the perfect face, face body, musculature shows it in everything. the movie when he does that evil grin yes you, you could just do his face in the new one you don't even need to have him wear a mask just do Willem Dafoe's face and yes. then digitize it to change it a little bit so it looks like he's wearing a mask but you don't need to have him wear a mask and I always say make the costume real this is a situation where you don't even need him to make the costume real oh I want this movie to be good I really do because I'm so tired of being angry and disappointed by these movies. They show what looks like Tobey Maguire's high school with um, a, a dude, McGee, uh -huh. uh, this Peter, I can't remember his stupid, Tom Holland, with Tom Holland in a black suit. I'm pretty sure I saw that mm. in the trailer. So I'm like, okay, all right. Show me that you're actually going to do something, though, because right now you're taking a lot of stuff and you're putting it out on the table, and I don't believe you for a second because yeah. you also told me you were doing Hydro Man and uh, Molten Man last movie, and that was nowhere near those characters. No. So, and you told me you did Shocker in the first one. Twice. <laughs> no, you really didn't. And I can't emphasize enough, you did not do that. You barely did the Tinkerer. You could take some plausible credit for doing the Tinkerer. Mm. But, no. Yeah. I, I, mm. God willing, it'll be good. 
I think that they did a little too much with the spin the, the spinning planet kind of like effect where the the world melts into itself and yeah. I was like okay I I don't know how this is all going to line up is this what the multiverse looks like from the inside or from the outside is he traveling from universe to universe cuz I really don't think that any of these things are going to last for more than like 20 minutes I hope I'm wrong, but I'm, I, I just I'm don't hope, think so. I'm hoping the Doc Ock part lasts a little while longer. I hope that all the Sinister Six stuff actually happens. Yeah. But after the last few movies, I don't believe yeah. it. You know, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and give you guys credit when you have blown every interesting idea you've brought to the table. Yeah. So Completely blown. Blown, like, sky Except high. Except for I still... The Vulture's good. I love Michael Keaton's Vulture. Vulture is good. Mysterio is good. We can all agree. Vulture, Mysterio, like, good. To me, Vulture is good. And same with Mysterio. It's just because they picked the right actors. They picked the right actors who brought the right energy to the role. Yes. And then they were the only parts of those movies that made the movies better. Yeah. Everything else about the movies really, was terrible. The first part, the first movie, the best part of that whole movie is when they're in the car. Yeah. And he realizes Peter Parker's spider the, the That only, is a phenomenal scene. That, and that's all Michael Keaton. Uh, we're, I, I can't wait until we do the homecoming episode because, oh my God, this is just a taste of the homecoming hate. Mm. Um, the the moment he puts on the old costume is like the moment where I have a little bit of hope for that movie mm. because that's where the movie should have started. And the fact that that's where the movie ends is so demoralizing mm-hmm. <laughs> and upsetting and frustrating on a, just an emotional basic level mm-hmm. that is just like I... <laughs> We're going to talk about it in December. We're going to talk about December. But, oh, my God, get ready. It's, it's Deep breath. Whew, we might have to record me for that one. Oh, my God. Because I can feel video. how red in the face I am right now. Oh, I'm yeah. hot. We're going to have to video that shit. Man. Yeah. We're going to have to be our first video podcast. Yeah. All right. So, um, now that we've talked about Spider-Man for quite a while, <laughs> do a quick, re- quick recap of the What If, what if Episode 2. For those of yeah. you who are unaware, What If is a new animated series. On Disney Plus, it follows uh, one of the watcher or follows the watcher, who is um, just saying, you know, what if this happened instead of this? And this episode was, what if T'Challa was abducted by the Ravagers instead of Peter Quill, and T'Challa becomes Star Lord? Mm-hmm. And for me, I I loved the episode. And it was an extraordinarily emotional episode, just hearing Chadwick Boseman's voice. That I'll agree with, yeah. Oh, my God. He was just so good. So and it was so good, good hearing him again. Like, once again, I believe they got everyone but Dave Bautista. Probably, yeah. I think they got everyone. Like, yeah. it was like it was truly incredible. Um, you know, and, and these shows, same with the Peggy Carter one, they're only a half hour, so you got to take everything with a grain of salt. Am I saying it's the greatest cartoon ever made? No. Is it enjoyable? Yes. Like, I do like where they kind of went with it, um, especially showing at the very end Peter Quill working at that was excellent. the chicken place that gets destroyed in, in uh, Volume 2. That was excellent. And Vigo, or, and uh, what's his face? Ego, Ego walks in. And it is Kurt Russell yeah. doing the effing voice. Yeah. I was like, holy crap, that's amazing. That like, was that, good. And that's the thing, too, is I think I liked the episode, wasn't madly in love with it. And then that scene kind of put that memory in my head. And yeah. now it's like, I love it. I, I'm right there with you. This is a solid B minus. Yeah. I think Chadwick Boseman and everything he does in this episode so is so fucking good. Because uh, j- it's Chadwick Boseman. Yeah. And even as a voice actor, he just nails doing the voice of a character alternate from his original character. Yeah. And he just nails the entire thing. That said, I had a few problems mm-hmm. with this one. It wasn't bad. Definitely I didn't like it as much as Captain Carter. Yeah, Captain um, Carter's definitely better. And the resounding note I keep coming back to is, okay, you could tune up this writing a little bit. The writing's not always there. You know, they do that Marvel thing that we were mm-hmm. talking about earlier where they feel like they need to insist on jokes. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, no. How about we don't? How about we don't? Yeah. Because I get it. I get what you're doing here, and, and it's all awesome. And there are elements of this that I like. Howard the Duck, mm-hmm. great. Cosmo, great. Howard the Duck was awesome. Um, 
I like the idea of Thanos being reformed because he talked to Chishala before initiating his plan. Mm-hmm. Cool. That's a good But how he kept insisting yeah. his plan was a good it idea. It would have been a good idea anyway. <laughs> um, I love that it. That's great. That's great. But And the stuff with Nebula. Same. Yeah. Um, I just don't feel like this had the same kind of forward thinking in terms of the way that. that things fall out. The, the reaction, action, that reaction. So, like, you have that time jump, so all this stuff is happening in a vacuum over this course of time. Um, so, like, I'll forgive. I don't know what happened with the Nebula Thanos stuff in terms of when T'Challa got Thanos in the right headspace or not. Mm-hmm. But I do have many, many questions about where Gamora is. Yeah. What happened that's there? True. Why wasn't she here at all? Why wasn't she mentioned in any like, capacity? Did up with Thanos prior to... He couldn't have, because they're both about the same age. Gamora, yeah. So what happened there? I have many questions. Um, They had the whole thing at the beginning about how Ronan is still looking for the Power Stone. Well, Ronan was doing that for Thanos as a favor. So, but we'll forgive that. Fine. Mm -hmm. Are you going to do anything with Ronan? No. You just use him as a plot point Mm -hmm. and barely mention him. And then walk away from it entirely, even though you could do something interesting here. No, for the See, third I time. Where, I think that's where the ambition of it's a thirty-minute show. Yeah, and they're trying. But that's to what I'm saying ambitions. is like the collector. It was a fine villain. Yeah, I have a lot of questions. I don't like the jacked collector though. Like, I don't like the jack collector, and I don't think Benicio del Toro is a great voice actor. No. And so I think that you chose the wrong character. At yeah. the end of the day, my, my big note, you chose the wrong character because while it's interesting to see that he has all these swords and also Captain America's shield and a Mjolnir, um, I, I paused because I'm a sociopath and I looked through all the swords and I was like, but I don't recognize any of the other ones. Yeah. So it's like, okay, fine. And then he has Hela's headdress and I'm like, okay, I have like so many questions Yeah. on so many levels. Also... I go back to this line. Are you Thor, the god of hammers? No, you're Thor, the god of thunder. Exactly. Does having her headdress allow the collector to use her powers? I have so and the many questions. The headdress isn't necessarily. It's not what contains her power thing, no. or directs it. The hammer directed Thor's power. Exactly. The, the headdress was just a part of her costume. Yeah. So this is convoluted and now. Now you're off kilter. Yeah. Now we've had too many things that are off, and then you throw on top of this the fact that the Black Order apparently doesn't recognize Thanos yeah. at all until uh, Proximum Midnight shows up as, and is like, oh, it's Thanos. What the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. What the holy fuck are you talking about? Yeah. So, like, those elements, they really bothered me. I Turning agree. it into a heist thing, that was not the right story choice. The, the characterizations, I love Michael Rooker. I love Chadwick Boseman. Um, I love uh, Josh Brolin. I love Karen Gillan. She did great she did phenomenal. bringing a whole new take to Nebula while still keeping true to Nebula's character and persona. Mm-hmm. I love all this. The story elements, though, is kind of a mess. Yeah, this one was a little messy. Yeah. It was a little messy. And then watching all these DC movies, I was just like, yeah, no, man, that's not how you do a good what well, if. Once again. DC is proven. Marvel has better live action. DC is far superior. Far superior animation. And you know what we call that? A uh, good transition point? Segway. Yeah. Same thing. Yeah. Um, so we are going to segue. So what if episode two, we both give it like a B, B minus. B minus, Looking yeah. forward to next, uh, next week's episode, which comes out tomorrow. Yeah. Um, main topic. Yes. Okay, ladies and gentlemen. I know we've talked about this in previous episodes. We've mentioned our affinity for it. DC animated movies. Yeah, we kind of like them. Are pure genius. Yeah. And I proved that again last night. Yes. I I am jealous. I am very jealous. Um, So, starting back with the Batman animated series is really what kicked off. 92, 94. The the modern DC animated universe. universe. Um, Yeah, it was was around... No, because I was... I'm still in high school, so it might have been like 92, 93, something yeah, like that. Yeah, I think it was um, early, early 90s. It is, they are the best voice acted, best written, adult cartoons yeah. I think you can find 
today. Period. Like, I love anime, and there's a lot of great anime. Like, we've talked about the Castlevania series. is yeah. great. Consistently, though, the DC animated movies, and they always try to one-up themselves. Yeah. With either violence, like the um, Apocalypse Dark movie, and <laughs> any of the <laughs> DC Dark movies, Justice League Dark. Oh. Um, those movies, it's like, okay, we're going to take violence to a new level. Um, you know, there are some missteps. Like, I'm not a massive fan of Doomsday. The The telling of the Doomsday story with Superman. I wasn't a massive fan. It wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. Yeah, it wasn't bad. It was curious. But primarily, it's the Batman movies. Yeah. They, they always got strike Batman, Batman so right. And they know how to iterate on Batman. Oh, my God. It's, it's insane because you'd think at this point they'd be like, oh, we ran. No. They still keep finding yes. things for Batman to do that only Batman can do, and you're sitting there cheering him. Although there's also the joy of the DC animated movies and having to rewatch all of them this mm. last week, uh, which is every time it comes up, I get to say, "Oh, Bruce, did something happen to your parents, Bruce? Did something? Oh my God, Bruce, did something happen to your parents?" Oh well. Oh well. <laughs> the story told too many times. Too many times. They have to mention it in every one. They have to at um, least bring it up. So it is I I this is my opinion on why I think DC animated movies are so much better than the live action. The DC universe unlike the Marvel universe is based in fictional cities places yep. where Marvel's based on reality. New York City and yeah reality. Um and the stories just transition better to an animated format than a live action format because the characters just their powers and their abilities seem more fantastical to an extent and you can just do more like with Batman you know we want to see him almost acting more like Spider-Man with him flying around the city yeah you can't really do that live action no you can't show that it's more if you think of all the live action Batman movies you know, it's very little of seeing Batman actually running across. He's always driving places. He's always driving places. He's flying in the plane or whatnot. Yeah. In these movies, you actually see him, like... Hopping rooftops. Batman The Long Halloween, which is the one I watched last night, which is my now my second favorite DC animated movie of all time. There is a scene in the beginning where Batman is chasing Catwoman. And it's them trying to one-up each other of jumping over from rooftop to rooftop. And it's... Amazing, like it's it's an action scene that you're just like enthralled in because you know they're playing no pun intended cat and mouse pretty yeah. much, and she's in the lead and she keeps doing these more elaborate things, and then he does them and sometimes it doesn't work out quite so well and so, and it's it's incredibly entertaining and it's character building because well, you know there's a relationship between these two and even though there's slightly antagonistical relationship between them there's also a lot of love well and like you want to talk about iterating mm. there's another f- scene of batman chasing someone on rooftops who he loves who's trying to get away from him in under the red hood well, that's which my is favorite one of my time. favorite yeah that's my favorite all time too and again same thing yep you can feel the drama you can feel the emotional intensity of the situation in the moment and it's just this like oh how where is this going yeah how do we stop that where i there's nothing nothing especially stopping those this. who know that because i don't believe at that point in the story the red hood's identity had been no he was so, still but those of us that know who yeah. it is makes it that much more yeah. intense yeah we don't find out until the next scene yeah that it's jason todd They're jason todd and but like you see all these things and you're like wait a minute and they say things like do you know anybody who can pull off a move like that who's not you or me yeah and yeah yeah i do it's jason todd and uh oh by the way that's who that is so i love under the red hood i love that movie so much it's It's so so good good. that is you know and i i have so much love for so many of the films like a lot of the classic batmans like mask of the phantasm Mm -hmm. um sub-zero is great um and then uh, like flashpoint Love Flashpoint. Flashpoint. So good. Justice League, New Frontiers. I love... Great movie. I love Justice League, New Frontiers. It's so good. I love that so stupid good. movie so much. And then all of the um, Justice League Dark movies. Oh, huge God. fan of. They're both amazing. Um, Batman, um, Blood Moon, I think is the name Bad of it. Bad Blood. 
What's that? Bat, bat Blood. Might be Bad Blood. The one with Batwoman. And, yes. Uh, yeah. Um, and then Superman, uh, The Red Sun, uh, <sighs> Gods and Monsters. Or not Gods and Monsters. Is it Gods and Monsters? I think it's Gods and Monsters. It's Gods and Monsters. Um, like, they're just, they do such a great job. And they're all just solid hits. Yes. Like, it, I haven't watched Killing Joke because that did get tremendously bad reviews. It is great. Now, mind you, it's not, so here's the thing. Not everything is going to be exactly like the graphic novel. Yeah. Page for page. Yeah. And kind of similar with um, um, The Dark Knight, where they split that into two movies. Yeah. That's great. It's not as good as the graphic novel, but as the transition goes, it's awesome. Yeah. Same thing with The Killing Joke. The Killing Joke, it isn't perfect. Because you're following one of the greatest pieces of literature ever written. Yeah. But for what they accomplished, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I gotta check it it out. Because, and it's rated R. I mean, it was the first rated R DC animated movie. Yeah. And it lives up to it. Like, they don't pull the punches when it comes to shooting Barbara Gordon and and torturing uh, Commissioner Gordon. They don't pull any punches. Well, so it's it's so interesting because... That actually sounds similar to how I felt about Hush. Cause yes, I, I loved Hush. I loved the Hush graphic novel. Yeah, me too. I loved it. And then I saw the movie, and I was like, oh, you changed the ending. Okay. I guess, but I don't know. I, I kind of mm. like the other ending more. And so it was just this kind of conflict of, oh, I'm really liking everything that they're doing. And then you get to the ending, and you're like, in another world, I would love this ending. Yeah. But I but know once again, the actual you got to wonder from, and this is the perspective I always like to look at, did it translate well yeah. to film? And that's where people that complain about with graphic novels, it's like, you know, all the people that complain about the Hobbit movies, it's like certain things, like even Peter Jackson said, he goes, certain things just don't equate well to cinema. Well, the problem... So you, well, I know the problem with that. I know the problem with that. They, they made two extra movies. They made two extra movies, but you can make 17. I would watch them all. Um, but it's some things don't translate well from the page to the screen, and so you do need to make certain changes. But as long as the like the heart of the movie is there, yes, that to me that I'm okay with. That it goes back to uh, our our lovely Faramir law, yes, where it can't be too different. Exactly. If it becomes too different, then it's a different thing, and that scale is different for every person. Mm-hmm. Uh, my mom still. She's been receptive to the idea of rewatching them, but for years she has greatly disliked the Lord of the Rings movies mm. because they don't have Tom Bombadil in them and because they ruin Faramir as a character. Yeah. When I was talking to her about the Faramir law, she was like, oh, so you're on my side with this. And I was like, I don't think you're going to like where this is going because this is all about does this as an adaptation, adaptative change ruin the, yeah. the piece because it's so different. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I got to go back and watch Hush again. I should watch Killing Joke. I thought about watching it this week, but I decided to watch the Harley Quinn animated series instead, which is which interesting. Is yeah. I, it, it's one of those things where it's fascinating mm. because it's like DC through the eyes of Harley Quinn. But, and I really like the writing mm-hmm. of Harley and Poison Ivy. I think that stuff is excellent. Mm-hmm. I think the tongue-in-cheek stuff is really good. Man, I would be lying if I said I wasn't annoyed at some of the character choices they made for the sidekicks. Yeah, and it's just, you know, it looks more like a kiddie animated show. It reminds me a lot of, like, an Adult Swim. Yeah, like, like Teen Titans or Yeah, like yeah, and, yeah. you know, it's like, it's fine. It's fascinating as a what, you want to talk about a fascinating yeah. what-if story. It's a fascinating what-if story, mm-hmm. and it's a, a very interesting study on the DC universe as a whole. It's also way too dark at times. Yeah. Like, it gets, like, I don't mind dark. But killing an entire family at a family reunion is a right little... right out of the Punisher's rule book. Yeah, it's a little too dark for yeah. me. It's, this got a little... I know that your point was that this is a very dark character and you wanted to reiterate that, mm-hmm. but this is very dark. Having innocents be eaten alive mm-hmm. by can't, by uh, just mutated trees uh, to the point where you just see them being bitten into pieces... I don't know, guys. This seems yeah, a, little, a little weird. This is a little heavy. This Which, is a little heavy. For those of you that don't know, 
Harley Quinn was introduced to the DC universe in the Batman animated series. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So for those of you who love her, it came from DC animated. That's my which other. my favorite version of Harley Quinn ever. Even though I love Margot Robbie in this last movie, yeah, in the Suicide Squad, was Suicide Squad Attack on Arkham. Yes, she was awesome in that movie. Yes, like they made her so great, especially the violent sex scene she had with Deadshot, <laughs> which they were like punching each other, and it was amazing. I'm watching that like, oh my god, this is incredible. Yeah. That's a Harley Quinn right there. Yeah. Somebody who's so out of her mind, but everyone wants to bang her because she's so sexy. But what do you do in a sex scene? You're just going to beat the shit out of each other while you bang. Yeah. That's pretty much what happened. I, ah, man. I, I've, seen, I've seen so much Harley Quinn in the last week and a half. It's interesting. Oh, I can imagine. Um, I will say it's a stupid complaint. It's a very silly minor complaint. But anytime they don't get Tara Strong to play Harley Quinn, who originated the role, yeah. and is kind of the Steve Ditko to Harley Quinn, mm-hmm. as Steve Ditko was to Spider-Man, where it's like, Stan Lee created him, but Steve Ditko kind of mm-hmm. made everything about Spider-Man. It's kind of the same with Kevin Conroy and Batman. And exactly. Mark like Mark Hamill and the Joker. Like the, but like Harley Quinn was literally made in the series, and Tara yeah. Strong brought that character to life, and... Anytime she's not listed as Harley Quinn, I kind of just look at it like, okay, I mean... It makes you wonder, is she asking for a lot of money? I don't know. Because it's like, I think sometimes it's just... Why would you not put that person? Unless she's doing something else and she just doesn't have time to voice it. Yeah. Because most of these voice actors are doing a million things. They're super busy all the time. Yeah. So I don't know. Um, I'm biased because this one has Kaylee Coco, Cuco. Oh, she does Harley Quinn. Yeah, I'm uh, not a fan. I didn't realize that. She sounds like uh, uh, Christian Shaw, mm. um, which is fine. I don't like her as an actress. I yeah. don't like a lot of the decisions she makes as an actress. Yeah. She's fine here, but uh, yeah. um, but pivoting, staying on Batman. Okay. What I saw for the first time, and you want to talk about a great blue ribbon winning what if story. Have you seen Gotham by Gaslight? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Well, they've done two. The Gotham by Gaslight and then the Batman Ninja one, or the Samurai. What was the... The Batman Ninja. I was less of a fan of Batman Ninja, but Gotham by... But I like the animated. No, Gotham by Gaslight was... Oh, my God. I had never seen it because I saw Batman Ninja, and I was like, okay. So I saw Gotham by Gaslight came out, and I was like, "Uh, I'm going to skip this one after Batman Ninja. Because, like, once it got, of course, to a giant mech battle, because it had to to end in a giant mech battle, there's just something about it that I was just like, I can't in good conscience get behind you guys on this one. I can't do it. They just watched the end of The Wolverine, and they're like, let's do that. Yeah. Let's do that. So, um, yeah. But Gotham by Gaslight Dude, so might good. Be, it might be one of the best what-if stories ever written. Yeah. I, I want to spoil it so bad, and yet I don't, because I... We're spoilers here. Okay. That's what we do. The way... So there, everything about this, in terms of adapt, adaptative choices, is brilliant. Yes. From the introduction of the Robins as this street gang, and you just hear one of them is Jason, and the other one is Dickie, and then you see the third one, and he has a stick, and you're like, wait... Wait a minute. Hey, wait a minute. I know who you stupid rapscallions are. (laughs) And then, like, the way that they use Catwoman as a character where she was a lion tamer and she was from a circus family. I was like, oh, yes, yes, let's do it. Let's dig in. We're going to dig in the the constant callbacks to sexism and that era and and kind of the problems with Gothic Victorian era and, like, so many good things. And every step of the way, I was like, oh, Okay, he has a doctor bag. It's Hugo Strange, even though he doesn't have the build. He figured something out. No, no, it's not Hugo Strange. Okay, okay. Well, they talk about how Two-Face is here, and he's kind of Two-Face, but we're not doing... Maybe they're not doing a literal Two-Face. They're doing a metaphorical Two-Face, mm-hmm. where, like, he has this dark persona. No, no, actually, that's a good guess, but no, no, that's not what we're doing. We're fucking doing Jim Gordon. We're doing the downfall of fucking Jim Gordon. We're turning Jim Gordon into a Batman villain and holy shit I'm here for it. it's so good when he when Batman is snooping around and like you see the scene early on where he Batman of course goes to Jim Gordon's house to talk to him about stuff um, because that's what Batman does and Jim ends the conversation by saying don't ever come here again 
And, you know, when I saw that, I was like, yeah, you know, that makes sense. He's defensive. He doesn't want, you know, Batman snooping around. Mm-hmm. And uh, no, 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 there was a there was a bigger, deeper, much more frightening reason <laughs> why he didn't want Batman around. But that reveal was so good. And it just left me struck. Like I was just sitting there, jaw gape, just like, you got to be fucking kidding me but i buy every part of this you take the core character you put them in a scenario which is similar but also very different you introduce an element that wasn't there in the first place Mm -hmm. so we have jim gordon as an incredibly tortured individual who's lived through the civil war and now is more than a little psychotic but he hides it well because you got to hide everything in in victorian era whatever but like man i just i loved every goddamn moment of this movie from the bat cycle to alfred taking in the robins to like every stupid moment of this movie i fucking love well i just remember the first time i saw the um i don't think it was the trailer i saw just the description of the movie and all i needed to see was batman versus jack Jack the river and i was like okay yeah i'm gonna watch that i'm in i'm gonna watch as much as you want man i'm in um Ah. so right now i just looked up um tara strong is voicing harley quinn again soon oh yeah they are making suicide squad kill the justice league a video game oh they're filming it and she is voicing harley quinn in the game there you go because she does a lot of the voice. She did, I think, all the Arkham Asylum games. She's yep. done most of the animated stuff when she appears. Sometimes they cast someone else. But usually if Mark Hamill's there, Tara Strong is also there. And even when Mark Hamill's not there, Tara Strong is usually represented in one capacity or another. Yeah. Um, so it's fine. She does a lot of stuff. She does a lot of stuff. She's a very busy woman. Oh, she was... She voiced young Superman and Superman Red Sun. No kidding. There you go. There you go. She's Which, a busy woman. I still... Man, I like that movie a lot. I love that movie, I would man. just take out the Batman part, do a different third act, and I would be in See, when desperate we love. See, we about this, and I don't mind the Batman yeah. part. But just, 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 you know, they do, like you said, they do the what if so fucking good. They lean into it. They yeah. always lean into it. Marvel will kind of like dip a toe in and be like oh but what oh but what if oh but but, but, but what if what yeah. if an interesting thing and then you're like oh cool and they're like we're not gonna explore that idea we just wanted to bring up the question but what if and then dc is like oh no we're turning hard down this alley baby if it's a cliff it's a cliff if it's a gorge it's a gorge but we're driving into whatever's going down this way and well, well like gods and monsters where they had i mean superman was raised by freaking the cartels. cartels. Yeah. And he's, he's this, I mean, he's kind of an anti-hero. He's so, pseudo-hero. Yeah. And Batman's an actual vampire. Batman's an actual vampire. It was so good. Yeah. And it's like, you know, I, 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 as much as I love, like, I really liked Aquaman. Yes. I really liked the first Wonder Woman. Yes. I liked Zack Snyder's Justice League. Yes. Didn't love any of these movies. I liked them a lot. I think I might have loved Aquaman. But yeah, I agree with you on the others. Um, see, I didn't like what they did with Manta and Aquaman. Oh, I loved what they did with Manta and Aquaman. Or not Manta. Um, Ocean Master? No, Black Mantis? Black Manta, yeah. Yeah, Manta, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I didn't like what they did with him. He was too much of a throwaway character. Oh, I was just glad they had the giant helmet that shot beams out of him. Well, I know. I'm glad they had that too, but it's like... Because like, even the Aquaman centric animated movies yeah he's more of a central character he's actually like serving in atlantis yes yes and that i kind of i kind of like because i loved that character yeah and i was a little upset how they kind of instead of kind of him and ocean master coming into a partnership they've always had a partnership they've always been in this together yeah but they could very easily completely convert all of their movies into just the animated movies and put them out in theaters, and I guarantee they would make money. I freaking love the animated movies so much. Yeah. Like, the, it's striking. I, I do wish they, they would do a better job of the titles. Yes. Uh, there, there are a few. I'm looking at you, Son of Batman and Batman versus Robin. 
These are two terrible names. But they were great movies. They were great movies. <laughs> Son of Batman was a really good fucking movie. Terrible names. Terrible great name. movie. Yeah. Um, well, they make so many of them. They're probably just like, oh, no, it's just a fucking yeah. call it whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Batman Bad Blood. That doesn't tell me anything. Yeah. That That's nothing. Um, so I wish that they would do a little bit more. You could have just named Batman versus Robin Court of Owls, and people would have been like, oh, yeah. fuck, they're doing Court of Owls? Oh, shit. I got to go. I'm doing it. Let's go. And that's the thing is the majority of these movies, I didn't necessarily watch at first because of the titles. Yeah. No, exactly. Exactly. But then I watch it and you're like, holy shit. I had never seen Batman versus Robin because the title was so stupid. Yeah. And then this last week I was like, well, I'm And the cover art on the box also stupid. Also stupid. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, well, let's, let's check it out. And I watched it. I was like, holy shit, this is good. Yeah. Holy shit, you need to rename this movie because this is great yeah. and the title is terrible. Um, but I See, remember now we gotta we gotta talk about something. Uh oh. We gotta talk about Justice League Dark. Yes, we do. And the dark movies. Yes, we do. They nailed Constantine. <laughs> oh and my that God. So good. We're talking about actors and actresses who just embody the role, bring it to life in a whole new way. Matt Ryan. Yes. Holy shit. He gets one season of TV, but in that one season, he brings back Constantine from this, oh, is that that terrible Keanu Reeves movie? Mm -hmm. To, holy shit, Constantine is great. Yeah. I fucking love Constantine. Yeah. I watched the one where he goes to L.A., and Oh, yeah, and uh, he has to find the his friend's daughter. And I was like, even this I love. Even this stupid piece of shit I love. Where the demon is swimming in a... Pool Full of filled blood. with disemboweled, disemboweled bodies. Yeah. And, oh my god, yeah. it was so good. Oh, it's good. But that's and what I loved about those movies is they took what they did with the Killing Joke and they said, "All right, we're gonna make some of these animated movies rated R." And they're like, "Well, if we're gonna do that, we're gonna do Constantine properly." Yeah. And we've talked about it. Holy shit! Holy shit! Some of those effing Constantine movies. Oh. <gasps> They're, They're bloody, so man. They're outrageous. Yeah. They're Super outrageous. Violent. And it's like, it's not just like, so I, I have that moment when watching Harley Quinn, when I see civilians just mm. getting killed because they want to make a point and they think it'd be funny to kill these people in a funny way. But I, watching superhero stuff for so long, just see civilians as civilians. Mm. Um, that shit happens to the Justice League. Yeah. <laughs> you get people just ripped in half. Yeah. Just Wonder straight Woman up. Wonder gets her eye ripped out. Yeah. And... Uh, Mira gets, like, bifurcated. Yes. Um, it was so good. Fucking, uh, who was it? It was uh, Shazam gets pulled apart. Yep. And just... Oh, it was shit. so good. Oh, my God. And we haven't God. even talked about Flashpoint. No. Which is one of my favorite. That was my favorite before I saw Red Hood. Yeah. Because Flashpoint was... Flashpoint is so good. Yeah. It's, it's not violent, but they tell the story so well. Well, just like I love that Barry goes back. Yeah. And because of the way he reset his timeline, he now doesn't have powers. And so, like, the first act of the movie is like, shit, I gotta fix this. Yeah. And I don't have powers. So I gotta find someone smart. I'll get Bruce Wayne. Oh, he's dead. I'll get his dad? Which, that is the best twist. Yes. Bruce Wayne died. The parents lived. Martha becomes the Joker. It's so good. (laughs) And Thomas Wayne becomes a vigilante Punisher version of the Batman. Like the the Zack Snyder we've talked about many times, but what that is. is, He really is the Punisher. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, 100%. 100% the Punisher. Yeah. So good. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. So good. It's so Um, good. The only problem I have with that movie. Yeah. And I've watched it again recently. Is from the opening act to when he runs back to save his mom. It's kind of disjointed. The Flash Museum stuff. Like you go right from the Flash Museum to him running back in time. Yeah, yeah. There's like it no... was like it seemed like they were missing a scene or two. There should have been a moment where Barry was like, "Man, I really miss my mom." Yeah. And I know I shouldn't, but I. I just gotta try. I can't not try. Yeah. Like something. I agree with you on it that. It was very. It was very off. Because he pretty much wakes up the next morning in this alternate reality, and yeah. you're just like, wait, 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 wait. What? Because ha- you see him after he leaves the Flash Museum, running through the Time Force, yeah. and then all of a sudden he wakes up. Yeah. And you're like, huh? Huh? I don't remember that. Weird. Yeah. Okay. All right. And I want to put out an um, 
an honorable mention for Justice League Doom. Yes. With um, also great. Savage. Yes. As the main villain. Yes. That was also great. Hell to Pay, also with Savage as the oh, main I villain. About Hell to but pay. also that finishes also up the Flashpoint storyline with yeah. the reverse Flash. Oh, it's so there's a lot of moments where I kind of roll my eyes. And I'm like, Ugh. but that is yeah. also an excellent. So, folks, what we're saying is, you need to see these movies. If you haven't yet, you're doing a disservice. And if you have HBO Max, you have no reason. You have all of them. Not to watch. Well, almost all of them. There's. So, I noticed there's some that are missing. I think Nightwing and Robin I think was so. one of the ones that I really wanted to see, and it wasn't there. I believe, didn't they just put the original Batman animated series up on there? It's up there, yeah. Yeah, it's up there. Yeah, it's up there. Um, the original you Superman. you got to start with that. Yeah. It, for, flat out, if you have not seen the Batman animated series, greatest cartoon ever made. Yeah. You need to start with that. Yeah. That has to be the kickoff point because it is the most brilliantly made animation for at least the first couple seasons. Then when they put Robin in, it was still good. But it lost... I like the Dick Grayson Robin. Yeah. Because there's some really dark episodes. There are some dark episodes. Um, but when they get to Tim Drake Tim Robin, Drake is a little... I was like, I'm bailing. I'm done. You could tell they were doing the series for long enough. And, and the animation kinda... had gotten cheaper. Yeah. and yeah. But the first two seasons... Unbelievable. Yeah. Like, completely dark. Yeah. Just depressing. There is nothing happy... About those cartoons. Yeah. Well, there's there's an entire uh, saga of the Clock King where he just is this beaten down man who's tired of everybody else not being on time. And, like, that's his whole thing. Yeah. And, man, you feel for him by the end of that. Yeah. Or, like, I love the Riddler in that series. The, the Riddler's, Riddler's so good in that series. Um, uh, Mr. Freeze. Mr. Freeze. Phenomenal. Just every, everyone was great. And, and it's because they took it seriously – and the music is fantastic. I love the artwork they do in the intros because yes. they're always like a noir type artwork where they do the title. Um, of course, it gave us Harley Quinn. It gave us Mark Hamill. And since I'm not a Star Wars fan, my favorite thing he's ever done. Um, <laughs> gave even us, give gave us the greatest Batman ever made, yeah. which is Kevin Conroy. Yes, I agree with Flat you. Flat out. Flat out. I love Michael Keaton. Kevin Conroy. Conversation begins and ends with Conroy. Kevin Conroy, yep. That's, he is the best Batman because he's yeah. able to do what Christian Bale could never do. He has a Bruce Wayne voice and he has a Batman, Batman voice. voice. And they're both and good. Very good. Yeah. The Batman voice is, and it's not far off. No. But there's still enough that you can tell which one's which. He just talks like this. Yeah. Whereas like Bruce Wayne, he's talking like this. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'll see you at the I'll see you at the country club. He's, okay, we're, no, we're, making, we're making him sound like Seinfeld now. <laughs> um, but yeah, so start with Batman, move on through some of the animated, and then go right into the movies. Yes. And the movies, once again, be warned: the rated R movies are very rated R. Very rated R. Okay. I want to do a special shout out to Young Justice. Have you watched Young Justice? I have not watched Young Justice. You, Watch Young Justice. Is this a show? It is a show. Okay. So it's basically, it's a very fascinating show because it starts out as kind of like a teeny bopper show. Okay. And uh, they they were story driven and character focused, which means that girls really liked the show, which means the people behind the show were like, well, it's a failure. And they, they canceled it after two seasons. Mm -hmm. um, but. The first season is the sidekicks of the Justice League kind of forming their own team and coming mm -hmm. together. It's a, it's Teen Titans without them being called the Teen Titans. Okay. And then the second one skips like five years and is different but the same but different. Interesting. And then the next one skips another like four years. So by this time, they're all in their mid-20s and it's mm -hmm. about the next generation of people that they bring in. But it's also about... Uh, Black Lightning does a mission with Nightwing. Mm. And while he's on that mission, he finds out that I think Vandal Savage is kidnapping kids and turning them into monsters. Okay. And so he kills one of the monsters, and then he learns this, and he realizes that he's killed a kid. And he breaks down. Really? And he becomes this third member of the team who is just this guy who's trying to deal with the abysmal guilt he feels and whether he still wants to oh, be a wow. superhero. And it is so 
fucking good. That's some heavy shit. It's man. so good. It's so good. And every element of it is good. You know, yeah. there's like, they do a Teen Titans thing where you have like Beast Boy and, and Blue Beetle and all these other guys, mm. but you also have like Nightwing doing his thing and they don't hold your hand. They expect you to pick up what's going on mm. by the animation, by what's going on in the background, by what characters are here. So, you know, like we begin season three and there's like a bat team mm. and it's not just the Robins. It's like, Batwoman through Oracle through like people I've never even heard of mm-hmm. and they aren't going to sit there and introduce you to all these characters they're because they're not important but also like they go and they put these characters in mm-hmm. you know they talk about multiple kid flashes and you know they kill off characters that are important to mm-hmm. the plot and like it's a solid excellent excellent That's animated awesome. series highly recommend I need to watch it I need to watch it. All right, so now I got a new thing to watch. Yeah, now you got fantastic. Yeah, which I love Nightwing. He's one of my favorite characters. Since. He's really and one good. of my favorite superheroes. I love. Him. You see him start as Robin and evolve into Nightwing. Yeah, and Nightwing's such a badass. Oh, he's, he's a so perfect good. mix between Robin and Batman. He's it's so like good. that right in between. That moment in Apocalypse War when they reveal that Nightwing died mm. and then got put in to the Lazarus Pit and then went crazy went out of his fucking mind oh my god apocalypse war is so good (laughs) it's so but when they have trigon fight uh dark side Mm -hmm. in multiple ways i'm just like holy shit this is so good that line that he has about well new god Let's see how godly you are. And how he was bored throughout the entire show yeah. or movie. And then he's finally like, all right, finally. So. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. Superman, after Lois dies, oh, he's and so he comes good. back to himself, and he's just beating the shit out of Darkseid. He pulls a Loki Hulk on Darkseid. Yeah. Oh, it's so, it's so fucking good. good. It's so good. It's so good. Well, I think what we're saying, folks, is you need to watch these movies. Yes. All right. We've been talking for a very long time. Yes, we got to We stop. have to end this show. <laughs> um, so, once again, you can find uh, me at staylorbooks.com. You can find Mr. Al at... I am at judsomstudios.work under the Bronx Division tab. And there you go. We have places where you can leave comments, questions, whatever you want to... Topics you want us to talk about. Um, next week, we're going to be talking about definitely What If Episode 3. We don't know what the topic is. Like, we kind of waiting to see yeah fingers um, crossed we get to see shang chi fingers crossed we will we'll have an episode on shang chi yeah okay but uh once again folks this has been nerd pot generations episode 21 and we will see you next week have a good night friends and enemies Bye.